Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hang Time Podcast. Joining us now, TNT analyst Kevin McHale. I tell you what, for Vikings fans... Green Bay playing the Bears is like, do you want to get hung or do you want to get shot? With your host, Galliop Anderson, stuffed it down behind his head. Seku Smith and Lang Whitaker. The NBA's Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations, Stu Jackson, is joining us now on the podcast. I wanted to ask you, Stu, the players see you coming, do they get out of the way now? No, the worst thing that happened to me was uh, caller ID. Sports editor of The Nation, Dave Zyron. Only the Knicks for $100 million would sign somebody with one eye and two microfracture surgeries. But shut my mouth. He's our most important New York Jew since Woody Allen. Now it's time for the tip off. Uh, somebody decided to let us come back and play, Lang. What do you think? The <laughs> Hang Time Podcast. <laughs> exactly. The Hang Time Podcast coming to you remotely from all over the country. I'm. Your host, Seku Smith from the Hangtime Blog and NBA.com. My partner in crime, Lang Whitaker from Slam Magazine. Lang, where are you? I mean, what? where is your location right now, my friend? Right now I'm in New York. Yesterday okay. I was in Oklahoma City. Right. And uh, I also put in about three hours in the Minneapolis airport yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but, but now I'm in New York. And where are you right now? I'm in Dallas. Um, okay. And I'm about to get kicked out of my hotel at some point. The, uh, the the poor lady who's been cleaning my room, every time she knocks on the door to get me out of here, I'm on the computer or I'm, you know, uh, on Skype doing something I don't need to be, you know, talking to somebody I don't need to be doing talking to. It's just, I don't think they like me very much here at this uh, hotel in Dallas. So I probably it's probably good that I'm getting out of here and headed to Portland um, for games three and four, this first round series between the Mavericks and Blazers. You... You, you got a chance to see the Oklahoma City Thunder and Denver Nuggets up close um, in, in a wild playoff, you know, game one weekend where we saw upsets and thrillers, buzzer beaters. I mean, you name it. You got everything you yeah. needed in one weekend. Um, what, what was the, the thing that stuck out, stood out to you, and not only in the series that you were at, but just in general about the first weekend of the playoffs? Um, I mean, <laughs> what is not to say? I mean, every game was, every game was, was really good over the weekend. Um, if not great, uh, regarding Oklahoma city and Denver, you know, I thought Denver did a pretty good job of coming out and they took that crowd out of the game for yeah. most of that first half. Um, that crowd is, is they were loud and they were really pumped up. I mean, I got, I got to Oklahoma city about, eight hours before tip-off, I guess, and my hotel was right downtown next to the arena, and eight hours before tip-off, there were people down there walking around, like, the streets were full of fans wearing Oklahoma City t-shirts and jerseys, and uh, I mean, those people were were so ready for that game, and then Denver jumped out to that lead, and Oklahoma City was just kind of nine, ten points behind the whole first half, Uh, but then the second half, they, I think, Durant got hot in the third quarter and kind of got them back in it and and gave them the lead, and, and, uh, just carried them down the stretch. Him and Westbrook just carried Oklahoma City down the stretch. I, I think, 
you know, I, I still think Oklahoma City is maybe a year away from, from winning a title um, just because they have a lot of really young guys, you know. Um, yeah. But they looked they looked really good against Denver. And, you know, Denver, give them credit, they look good too on the road. They, they pushed them right to the end. Um, you know, when they get back to Denver, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for Oklahoma City. Yeah, it's, so. I, th- I think all of these, uh, if, if nothing else, you notice that the gap between the, the teams at the top of the the standings in both conferences, teams at the bottom is is probably a little smaller than you'd expect. You think about <laughs> yep. the Lakers and Hornets, you know, game the Grizzlies. My my Grizzlies. I don't want to say anything. I didn't want to brag, but uh, <laughs> those hang time Grizzlies did get the 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 three million pound gorilla off their back and won a playoff game, upset the San Antonio Spurs in game one. Uh, You're allowed to I, brag. You're allowed was, to brag about them. Oh, I was good. I mean, I was done after that. Whatever happens from there on, you know, in the playoffs is is gravy. I mean, they got the dub. You know, Marcus Gasol, Big Zach Randolph. You know, they they went to work on the on the uh, Spurs, but uh, I I had the luxury of having the late game um, on Saturday night, so that means I got to watch everything that went on before my right. game Saturday, and uh, and then all day. You know, the game Sunday were fantastic, of course. Uh, I, and and I, I probably got myself in some hot water with some college basketball fans because you know I immediately started tweeting about how you know how how could you not love the real madness, you know, of, of basketball, and that is the NBA playoffs. So, uh, yeah. fantastic stuff um, that I, that I'm hoping continues nonstop between now and the NBA finals, of course, on NBA courts around the country. Lang, we got a uh, a fantastic show lined up today. A very special guest, uh, Hall of Famer and legend that I'm I'm still trying to you know figure out how Micah Hart pulled this off. Um, you know, somebody's going to have to give Micah a raise at some point here uh, with all the work he's done on, on the Hectai podcast because he, he keeps pulling the uh, rabbits out of his head. I don't know how he's doing this. I don't, And to be honest with you, I don't, I'm not sure I want to ask. But uh, <laughs> uh, like I said, a Hall of Famer and a legend joining us first up on the Hangtime podcast this week. And uh, people are going to be stunned and surprised, I think, to hear this voice on the show. That championship season. That championship right. season. Somebody, somebody. That voice you just heard was the legendary Chuck D, who is a part of a documentary about the Harlem Rins basketball team and a bigger project of our next guest, whose voice I alluded to earlier, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the NBA's all-time leading scorer, uh, living legend and Hall of Famer, is joining us for the first time here on the Hangtime Podcast. Uh, Lang, I know you've probably already heard about it, uh, his documentary, On the Shoulders of Giants, uh, uh, which is a fantastic film. Um, you know, detailing the the history of the Harlem Rens basketball team. Uh, Kareem, can you talk a little bit about the film and what made you decide to to dive into that uh, specifically, that topic specifically? Uh, you know, I'm, I was born and raised in Harlem, and uh, had really had a desire to talk about the Rens ever since uh, I was in high school. I didn't think that they'd gotten the the attention that they deserved historically. So uh, it took all this time, but I finally got around to doing it. 
Kareem, when when you how did you hear about the Wrens and and you know what was your your history that that had you so intrigued with them? Uh, I first became aware of the Wrens when I was in high school. Uh, the fact that they were a great team and they, that they had played at a, at a dance hall in Harlem, I, I didn't really know too much about the uh, specifics. The only team that I know uh, from the same era was the Globetrotters and. You know, they had a whole different uh, standard uh, of, like, what they were all about. Kareem, can you, I mean, I'm, I'm sure some people probably, you know, who aren't, who aren't well-versed in that history, um, and obviously you're not just a history of basketball, but also, a, a, you know, a, stu- a student of, you know, uh, African-American history and history in, just in general in the United States. What? What is it about them that's so unique that people probably wouldn't understand just by, you know, what they've heard or maybe what they've heard other people say about them? Well, you know, during the 1920s and 30s, uh, black Americans left the South in large numbers and went north and were able to take advantage of opportunities and uh, do a lot better for themselves. It's a period, uh, to this day, the 1920s is known as the Jazz Age, and that's because of the effect that black culture had on American culture, you know, all of a sudden Americans started to see black Americans in a different light. And uh, there were a lot of efforts uh, for equality, you know, in politics, uh, socially, uh, intellectually, uh, but uh, sports was also uh, an aspect of it. Everybody's familiar with the Negro Leagues baseball uh, situation, uh, how mm-hmm. black Americans were denied the opportunity to play professional baseball in the, in the, in the major leagues, but uh, some of the best athletes in the country were black and were being denied that opportunity. That same situation uh, was what was happening in, um, in basketball, uh, but uh, for some reason, the fact, I think mainly that uh, Basketball was not considered a major sport at the time. The the story of uh, blacks in, you know, making that effort in basketball really has uh, fallen through the cracks of history. Yeah. Kareem, what's uh, what has the reaction been to the film from from not only people in general who have seen it, but other NBA players who have seen it? Were they aware of this history, or what what has the reaction been? Most people, whether they play basketball or not, are, are totally unaware of the history of, of the Wrens and, you know, what happened prior to the advent of the NBA. Uh, very many of them don't know that the NBA, for its first three years in existence, was segregated. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that comes as a surprise to, to, to most people. Uh, and it's just, it has to do with the fact that uh, that era is, is just a, a forgotten era. Kareem, I, I know that, uh, you know, that you can get uh, your hands on on the film uh, on the shoulders of giants. It's available now on Comcast Video on Demand, and it'll uh, be available on Netflix, Netflix on May fifteenth. Um, you can also pre-order the DVD at KareemAbdulJabbar.com. What, what's your what's your ultimate goal with this film? Is it is it just to enlighten people and to, and to make sure that they understand this uh, remarkable piece of history, or is this part of something maybe a bigger project that you have going on in terms of film and and the history like that? Well, I, I've always wanted to do films that uh, illuminated what black Americans have contributed to American culture. It, it's something that has been neglected. If you look in most of your history books, uh, especially the ones I had in the 50s and 60s, uh, black Americans are only discussed in relationship to the to the issues of slavery and civil rights. Uh, 
And there's a whole lot more to what black Americans are all about. So, uh, you know, I, I would like, if I get the opportunity to do more movies like this about uh, any number of uh, aspects of uh, American life and uh, explain what black Americans have, have contributed, because uh, black Americans have contributed a lot to what makes America a great nation. Kareem, let's... Uh... Let's talk a little bit about the playoffs. Uh, have you had a chance to watch any of the games over the weekend? What, what stood out to you so early on so far? Uh, just the fact that uh, a lot of the teams uh, that didn't do too well during the regular season have uh, come back and made a very uh, effective effort in, in the playoffs. You know, with Orlando losing, the Lakers losing, uh, Chicago got challenged twice. Um, it's... Uh, become very interesting it's a little bit more um equity than uh, people thought mm-hmm. kareem uh, talk a little bit about the lakers specifically i know all, all of the work you've done in the past with andrew bynum and, and obviously your history with that team surprised or stunned at all to see them go down to the hornets in that game one the way they did well you know they, there are very obvious reasons for it you know the hornets played an extraordinary game uh, only three turnovers in the whole game and the uh, Lakers did not uh, get the job done in terms of uh, playing the defensive effort that they needed to play. So, uh, you know, it, it's uh, the reasons are there. You know, they're, they're pretty obvious. Uh, it all depends on the Lakers now to, to see if they can do something about it that uh, will, will get them back on stride. Kareem, as one of the, the great big men in the history of the game, what, what's been your take on watching Dwight Howard this postseason, that one amazing game he had, and, and just this season in general? Well, I think uh, Dwight has improved every year that he's played in the league, and uh, you know he's had to learn some things on the fly, but he's done an, an excellent job, and uh, the fruits of that are, are, are very obvious now, you know, the way he's dominating games at the defensive end, and uh, had an, an, an incredible offensive game uh, over the weekend. So, you know, I, I expect him to continue to, to do those types of things. He has the ability and the desire, and he's, uh, he, he's uh, fully arrived. Kareem, if you, if you could get your hands on a, a young big man, a young seven-footer, and, and explain to him maybe one or two key things he had to have as a part of his repertoire as he grows and, and evolves into a, a big-time basketball player, what would they be? What would be the staples you tell him he needed to have in his game? Uh, basketball is like any other sport. You have to understand the fundamentals of the game, uh, all of it, you know, both ends of the court, offense, defense, uh, special circumstances. Uh, so, you know, any anybody that's going to do well in this game really has to know what the game is all about from a fundamental standpoint, you know, be able to do all the things that uh, basketball players have to do to be successful. Well, that sounds like a plan to me. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar again joining us here on the Hang Time Podcast for the first time. On the Shoulders of Giants is the documentary about the Harlem Rens basketball team. Again, you can get your hands on a copy of this uh, on Netflix May 15th. You can pre-order the DVD at KareemAbdulJabbar.com, and it is available now on Comcast Video On Demand. Kareem, before we let you get out of here... um, one last thing, do you, do you feel like the, these opening games in the playoffs are a sign of maybe some changing trends for this playoff specifically, or is this just kind of a bump in the road for a lot of these teams and these series will kind of play out according to the seeds and how they're, how they're set up? Well, you know, I think uh, 
most of the teams will come back to form. Uh, mm-hmm. Some teams, though, have improve and uh, keep getting better. You know, I look at uh, Oklahoma last year. They almost beat the Lakers in, in the second round of the playoffs, and uh, that improvement that they made last year has, has transferred over to this year to them being a very good team and a team that teams have to watch out for. So, uh, you know, I think that's uh, that's what it's going to be. It, it's all up to each individual team to decide uh, what its identity is. you, you got teams, uh, Memphis uh, had, had came and, and, and gave a, a, a great effort and, you know, got a victory. So, you know, the, the, there are teams that are improving, and uh, if they continue to improve, they they might uh, just ups- upset the apple cart there. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt about it. Well, we appreciate you joining us again, and hopefully we'll talk to you again here on the Hang Time Podcast, and uh, we'll, we'll make sure people know where to go to find On the Shoulders of Giants and check that out because it sounds like it's something that a lot of people need to get their hands on. Well, thank you very much. Nice talking to you. Thank you so you. much. Absolutely. Thanks, Kareem. All right. Once again, Lang, a Hall of Famer and a legend, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, joining us for the first time on the Hang Time Podcast. We've had some big guests, Lang. I mean, we've yeah. had some some high-profile guests. Can we get any bigger than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? All-time leading um, scorer in the, in the, yeah, in the NBA. I mean, probably the arguably the greatest college basketball player of all time. Um, it's funny because, like, people always ask me, they're like, do you get uh, excited or, or nervous <laughs> when you meet people? And I'm like, you know, at this point I've met every NBA player, and I know, you know, it's, right. it's not – you're the same way. We get, You know, you talk to these guys, but, but that, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm trying to think. The other, I think there are two sports figures that that I would be nervous talking to. We just got off the line with one of them, obviously. Muhammad Ali would maybe be the other one. Um, But you know, know, uh, the other thing that really struck me about this is, I know you read a lot of. You know, you're a student of the the history of the game of basketball, as like I am. Um, And there's so much more to the game than just what we see right now. there's probably not enough literature floating around about these sorts of things. So I'm glad Kareem is, is one of the people that's, that's diving in and, um, and like he said, trying to lighten some people on, on the history of the game beyond what we know of the NBA and, uh, and kind of what we see right now. So it's, we gotta, we gotta do our work to make sure we get him back on here and maybe get him to go off to cuff a little bit more. I mean, he sounded like he was getting ready to get loose at the end there when he said upset the apple cart. I started to keep messing with him. <laughs> Same, but I figured we better not go there. Not, not with the legend. So. <laughs> not the first time. Not the, <laughs> not the first time. But yeah, uh, again, uh, KareemAbdulJabbar.com is his website. You got to check that out. There's a, a great interview on there um, that he did with uh, with Slam. Um, that's on the website talking about on the shoulders of giants, and uh, and also some playoff insights from Kareem. So it's very interesting stuff here on the Hang Time Podcast. Uh, Big shout out to Micah Hart, our super producer, always going out there and and beating the beating the pavement for the very best guests on the show here. Micah, you, you outdid yourself, my friend. All right, Lang. As I promised, we were going to have uh, not only uh, the NBA's all time leading scorer on, we're going to have another legend of the NBA, my, one of my favorite guys and one of yours, I know, uh, Brent Barry, NBA TV's very own uh, from the jump, and you see him on Game Time and. TNT on Thursday nights. Uh, Bones, what are you doing in Atlanta, man? What are you still doing in town? Well, uh, got, we got the Hawks game on tonight, and uh, so a little that's bit right. more work. And I'm also actually the real work is where I am now, and that's playing some golf. So uh, I'm toiling away. 
Yes, yes. Where are you where are you playing at, and who are you playing with? Is the better question. I don't know where it is that I should. Uh, I don't know if I should divulge that, but I, I am playing no, with my brother John. I'm playing oh. with my brother John, and in, uh, just enjoying a really a beautiful day here in the ATL. That's nice. Is that That's ABC nice. Television's John Barry? <laughs> that is ABC ESPN in studio analyst John Barry. Very nice. Very nice. Tell him we said hello. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll maybe throw him a bone here and uh, see if we can get some commentary from him. No question, no Love question. That. Well, look, let's let's dive in with you first. Obviously, the, that that first weekend, um, the, you know, the upsets, the Spurs going down to the Grizzlies, Lakers losing to the Hornets. What what in the world was going on in Game Ones in the playoffs this year? Well, I think it kind of speaks to what we've been talking about, and, and you and Lang have been talking about on the podcast this year about really not any one team being as dominant as we've seen over the past couple of years. I mean, we could point to two or three specific teams that we knew were going to be competing for the championship. And this year with the monumental shift going on in the Eastern conference, uh, the one that happened in the summertime with, uh, Carm- or with, uh, LeBron and all those guys. How do you miss that, you dummy? Uh, with LeBron going to Miami. Uh, and then, obviously, the trade deadline where Carmelo goes to New York and, and Boston makes a, a really bold move that, you know, we'll see how that pans out. Uh, you know, it was really one of those things where, wow, there's five or six teams right, right now that have opened things up. And with the Lakers' poor play, maybe there's blood in the water. So it was, it was really an exciting weekend. Enjoyed all the games. Lots of talk, I think, and lots of murmurs about NBA playoffs potentially being the best playoffs in, in a very long time, and it's exciting to be covering it. Brent, do you think, I mean, game one, we see a couple of these upsets. Do uh, you think these are going to sort of even out now, or, or, or is this, I mean, do, do you think New Orleans has a shot at beating L.A.? Do, do the Grizzlies have a chance of beating the Spurs? Well, I, I think the injuries really play a big part in that, Lang. I mean, let's first of all start with the Spurs and the Grizzlies. If Manu is not 100%, and by the sound right. of things, I, I talk with Manu, and, and I know that elbow, he cannot straighten his right arm out. We know how physical he plays. We know how competitive he is. We know how many plays that he makes not only in the air, but <laughs> plays that end up with him on the floor. I mean, heck, he dives around in warm-ups. So if the guy gets gets hurt or is banged up and cannot perform at the level that we're accustomed to in the playoffs, certainly the Grizzlies feel like they have enough wing defenders to combat anything that the Spurs do there. And they were really, really effective on their, their interior play, which is where they have had an advantage against every opponent all year, but it causes the Spurs some problems with their size. Uh, if we go to the East and we talk about Orlando and the Hawks, I mean, J.J. Redick is a huge piece to what Orlando uh, has been able to do over the past couple of years. A spark plug, an energy guy, a shooter. This guy hasn't played in, in you know months' time, missing 15 or 16 games to close out the regular season. And how do you shake the rust off that quickly and jump in not only offensively to be effective, but defensively you've got to chase Jamal Crawford or Joe Johnson. That, that is a tough, tough task. So I think the injuries certainly are, are playing a huge effect on what's happening in these series. Brent, so much of what you look at at, at playoff time is matchups and the specific, you know, specifics of a series and how, you know, how this guy is going to fare against this, this other guy from another team. I'm here in Dallas watching the Mavericks and the Blazers in a series everybody assumed would go maybe for the underdog. And then you look around at the rest of these series, 
and teams no one expected to play well. I mean, nobody thought New Orleans would play well, and Chris Paul comes back and gives us, you know, Chris Paul from two years ago when he was, you know, having, yeah. having an MVP-type season. Is, is it is it a switch a team can flip at playoff time? I mean, how, how does that work where guys look like they sleepwalk? You talk about the Hawks. They sleepwalk through the last two weeks of the season and then rise up and, and you know, punch the, the magic in the face. How does that work where you just flip a switch at playoff time? Well, I mean, don't take my word for it. Take Doug Collins, who last night said uh, in their matchup with the Heat, look, all you do come playoff time is find out how many matchups you can win against your opponent. That's what you look at. Where do we have the advantages? Unfortunately for Doug, he has he has none. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that's where you go to. And then you look at the Lakers situation with Chris Paul, and Chris said, look, man, it, it, once you get in the playoffs, you get wiped out, everybody's 0-0, and you've got a chance. The rub with the Lakers situation First of all, Chris Paul basically, he had a virtuoso performance and near, near perfect in the playoffs. To, to me, the most impressive. I mean, Derrick Rose coming back against Indiana was great, but the way Chris Paul was able to dictate a game on the road against the Lakers undermanned as a point guard against a big team like that, fantastic performance. But I think what Phil is telling the Lakers is, listen, you guys have to implement the game plan. We have three or four days to prepare for a team and I'm asking you to do certain things. And if you don't do those things throughout the course of the game, I can't give you the adjustments until you do what it is we're asking you to do. So I would expect in game two you'll see different looks as to how they're going to attack Chris. You might not see the switch where Pau Gasol is you know, guessing at where Chris Paul is going because – most of the time you're going to guess wrong, and they'll be a little bit better. And I think offensively they're definitely, obviously, they're going to go inside, they're going to pound inside, and not let New Orleans get away with playing small. Yeah. Brent, who do you think, uh, name a player you think is, is, needs to have a big game uh, in their second round or second game? You know, a couple of guys had, like, Boozer had a big bounce back game last night, but what other guys are you looking to see step it up a little bit? Well, I, you know, being that I live in San Antonio and follow the Spurs a bunch, I mean, Richard Jefferson has to be a lot more aggressive uh, for for the Spurs in terms of playing that wing position, especially if Manu is is not himself and there's no way that he's going to be 100%. Um, So I would expect him to try to be a little bit more aggressive in forcing the issue offensively to to be a weapon uh, for them. I mean, talking about teams that are down, uh, in a series where they shouldn't be down. Um, boy, who else in another series? Uh, you know, Tony Douglas has a lot of pressure on him tonight if if Chauncey Billups is not playing yeah. in the New York-Boston series in the game two. Uh, he played some pretty good basketball when Chauncey was out of the lineup after the trade happened and Chauncey got injured. But it's a lot of pressure for a guy like that to have to come in and finish a playoff game. I mean, regular season is one thing, but to try to garner some experience in the playoffs, not only just that it's that setting, but it's against the Boston Celtics, one of the best executing teams. That's a lot of pressure on, on Tony Douglas. We'll, so we'll see how he fares in that game. Brent, there's, there's been so much made about that Knicks team coming into the playoffs and, you know, who had, who takes the big shots, who does this, who does that. Amari looked like the only one of their major players who is, who understands Mike D'Antoni's system and want, you know, and what he wants. There seemed like a lot of confusion and you know, uh, you know, watching D'Antoni's reaction on the sideline during that that game one, watching Carmelo struggle the way he did, and then at the end of the game, the bad shot they got off. Do you do you see this thing ending 
ending well for, for Carmelo and Mike D'Antoni just in terms of the, the dynamic between those two in, in New York? Well, let's face it. I mean, somebody was joking around that I read where they said, look, the Knicks will be fine once they sign Carmelo Anthony in the offseason. Um, that's obviously being a little a little bit snarky. But the, the issue is this. When when they first made the deal and, they, and New York really struggled for a stretch there where Chauncey and Carmelo and Amari were all trying to figure each other out, I can't tell you how much that affects the guys who, like me, in my position, when, in my career when I played, that are, you know, the fifth, sixth, seventh guy on the basketball team because you're looking at your leaders. You're looking at your best players. And if those guys are having problems figuring out how it is they're going to be effective and what they're going to do on each end of the court, you can't know your role until theirs are set. And that's where New York really is having problems. You know, for in a two-month span to ask those guys to make those kind of adjustments, Landry Fields, a rookie, Tony Douglas, a guy that's got to step in now for Chauncey, to ask those guys to assume those roles that quickly, it's very, very difficult. And, and let's, those guys are trying their best to do so. But, again, when you're playing against seasoned teams and veteran teams and teams that are making runs in playoffs that have those defined roles – you're behind. You're behind the eight ball in that situation, and and that's really where New York, New York stands. And they're they're going to fight. It's going to be a great atmosphere when they go to the Garden, and it's been great for New York to have them in the playoffs. Of course, it's great for the league, uh, but there is reality to the situation about trying to get those guys to get together that quickly. Difficult thing to do. Brent, I was going to ask you to put on your analyst hat and. Uh... <laughs> Tell us about tell us about the golf game of ABC and ESPN's uh, John Barry. Well, this this is the, the God's honest truth about my brother. He, he's a fantastic golfer. He, he's a scratch golfer. Um, yeah. So if there's people that end up having around with him somewhere, don't let him talk you into him being like eight or nine handicap guy. I mean, he is a legitimate legitimate player. Uh, by the way, like I actually do have an analyst cap. There is one for sale. Uh, it's online. It? It, it's online at amadork.com. You can pick one of those up, and uh, it's teal. It's teal, okay. and uh, it's also got the uh, it's got the Velcro adjustable in the back. So, oh, okay. if you guys want to pick pick one of those up? But he's a fantastic, fantastic golfer. Much better as a golfer than an analyst. <laughs> Brent, you, I mean, I know this is a time of year as well when everybody's attention is is locked in on the playoffs and focused on basketball but you played a lot of playoff basketball during your career what do you what do you do if you're one of these higher seeded teams if you're the Spurs or the Lakers and you have to figure out a way to take a little pressure off like how do you how do you handle that when you get knocked down in a surprising fashion the way they did and know you have to come back and and have the right demeanor and temperament and not get you know get too much pressure on top of yourself than there already is. The luxury for teams like that, Seku and Lang, is the fact that you have experience. You know, if you've played that many years and been through some championship seasons, and certainly when you're talking Lakers and Spurs and Boston, those are teams that have had experience with ups and downs in the playoffs. You kind of understand what it takes for you as an individual to get yourself righted and to get focused. And having that experience, that's something you just can't get for nothing. You know, there's some teams, like take Memphis, for instance. That's their first franchise playoff win. They have a lot of young guys. They brought this team together. And sometimes the veteran teams react so much better to their wins, not their losses, but to their wins than the younger teams do 
to their wins. And so uh, when the Spurs lose, obviously their focus is going to become laser focused. But it's when they win a game, how much better are they after they win a game that is the difference sometimes in series where you have inexperience versus veteran players. I'm, you know what? I want to. I want to ask John. I mean, and I and I watched him um, on the studio show. I'd I'd like to know what they. You know, they're sitting around there. You know, he and Magic and Wilbon and those guys. I'd like to know what they really think about. Uh, you know, the Miami Heat and whether or not the, everybody's changed their opinions about the Heat maybe coming out of the East. Um, because it, it, look, it looks like it could happen. I'm just curious if they if they agree with that. Well, I, I think the good thing to do is probably to have him comment on that himself, Sekou. I'll, I'll hand my phone over to my brother. Hang on a second. Appreciate it, Brent. Hello? John. Hey, John. Hey. How you doing? How you doing, man? What's going on? I'm good. I'm good. What's the uh, What's the bet? I mean, who's who's buying uh, Who's buying dinner after this golf game? Oh, there's <laughs> no bet. He, he he knows better. <laughs> he, he, told knows us better. Us, he told us you're a scratch golfer. Well, I don't like to publicize what I am. I, I can get it around, okay? <laughs> hey, John, quick about about these these playoffs. The Miami Heat. Everybody was talking about them early in the year, and everybody there were all these different opinions about you know whether or not they they had enough time to get it together, and whether or not they could come out of the East after the trade that Boston made, and the way the East is shaking out now. Any any change in opinions about whether or not they could be the te- the cream of the crop in the Eastern Conference? Well, I mean. You know, they've they've got as good a chance as anybody now. You know, I yeah. think, uh, you know, you mentioned the Boston trade. Yeah, that's, to me, they've come back to the pack. You know, if you asked me six weeks ago, I would have told you Boston's the team to beat, uh, regardless of where they were seated. I know they're the three seed, but I still would have taken them. Uh, you know, Chicago's the hottest team since the break. I did their game Saturday, struggling right now with the Pacers. Uh, I have concerns about them offensively. Uh, and Miami, man, they're playing unbelievable defense. Uh, Bosch has been terrific in the first two games, uh, so yeah, certainly they're they they have as good a chance as anybody. Well, one more thing, and then we'll let you get back to beating your brother on the course there. But uh, <laughs> the one thing I've been getting is tons of emails and texts from Lakers fans wondering, are, are we done? Are we done? What do you think? What, how, the Lakers lost that game one. Do you think they're going to come back, or, or do you think they're struggling a little bit? Uh, well, they're not done here against New Orleans. There's no way New Orleans beats them uh, three more times. I'd find that hard to believe. But uh, there are some legitimate concerns. Uh, you know, Pau Gasol didn't play well. I expect a heavy dose of him, a heavy dose of Bynum on the interior. Uh, they got to take it right to New Orleans. I mean, you know, Aaron Gray, you know, did a terrific job. Okafor was really in foul trouble. He didn't do much. The undersized Landry, they just basically outplayed him. I mean, they played harder. Uh, they play with more focus. The Lakers have gone through the motions a lot. We've seen it in last year's playoffs early on. Remember, they got pounded a few games up by 20-point deficits. So uh, they're just disinterested. They'll get interested again real quick, and I expect them to dispatch New Orleans pretty easily. Sweet. Well, sounds like you're going to finish off dispatching uh, Brent there. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> oh, send yeah. him out of town feeling too bad about himself, man. Nah, we'll, we'll, we'll soften it up. <laughs> Appreciate it. John Barry from ABC and okay, ESPN join us, man. Thanks a lot. All right, I'm back on. Now listen, listen right. to this. <laughs> you guys talk you guys talk about that studio set, you know, it's Will Bond, who's a very accomplished writer. Stuart Scott, who, you know, DJ Stewie Scott, we've known him for ESPN for years. You got mm-hmm. Magic Johnson, of course, legend. Do you remember uh during Sesame Street there's always that time where they had one of these kids was doing their own thing? 
John would be the kid playing checkers while everybody else is jump roping. <laughs> that set. What is he doing on that set? Listen, checkers man. Is a, <laughs> say checkers is a, uh, yeah. I give him a lot of guff, but I think he does a great job, uh, actually, on there and kind of provides a perspective. You know, sometimes when the uh, the star guys are talking, they, they don't really realize what's going on with, with some of the other guys on the team, and they're looking at perspective from the main guys who are playing these games and the sort of pressure and responsibility those guys feel. When, when we very well know when it comes down to teams winning championships, it's all those other pieces that the coaches finds a way to use that end up making the difference between a team being on top and a team going home empty-handed. No, no question about it. And I'll I, I tell you what he does, Bones, is that he – He'll say what those other guys won't, you know, and and I think that's why people like watching it. So um, I got, you know, I got much respect for him. I, I'm not ever going to let him beat me in golf the way you are. I'll just stay off the course. But uh, I mean, <laughs> nobody nobody will doubt his analyst skills. Um, yeah, no doubt. So no, I'll take on. Hey, I'll take on any of you guys in Tiger Woods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so Bones, before we let you get out of here, I got to ask. You spend all season getting the, the top seeds or the higher seeds and the home court advantage and all this stuff. What in the world do you do once once you lose that? Like now, what is going through the minds of those players in, in L.A., San Antonio, um, you know, obviously in Orlando? How did, you, you know now you're locked into a, at least a five- or six-game series if you want to win it. You know what I mean? You know you're locked in for a long series. How does that change the tenor of practice? How does that change? You know, how does pop speech change to his team when they lose home court like this? What, how how big of a, you know, what kind of shift is this in the way you operate now after you you get stunned like that? I think of those three that you mentioned, Seku, the only team that I would see really more nervous than any other, and I'm not going to say they're completely nervous. Uh, would be Orlando in that situation. I don't think the Lakers or the Spurs, again, because of their experience uh, and because of the things that they've been through, that they're they're going to have you know the type of pressure or panic mode that you would expect you know a younger team or a team that hasn't been there before to react. There's no overreacting to what goes on. Even Lamar Odom after the Laker game was making mention. Look, you you guys want us to be depressed after this game. We can't get too high after a win we can't do the same on a loss. We can't panic and get too low. So they, they stay even keel. Orlando's a different story just for the simple fact that I believe Atlanta got a lot of confidence in the wins they had against Orlando during the regular season, especially after last year. I don't know so much if it's Larry Drew or if it's they're, they're so dissatisfied with the way they played last year and were embarrassed in the first round. I think it's a lot of the latter, where they just wanted to get after this Orlando team. And, and that would be the one series where it would be interesting to see how the Orlando Magic react. That team has been very fragile all year long, and uh, we'll see what kind of answers they have because they don't have a lot. I don't think in terms of their bench and what they can do to stop the Hawks if the Hawks get rolling once again. No question, man. Well, listen, Brent Berry, the man joining us here on the Hang Time Podcast, Enjoy the rest of the this, game, man. Let me let me let me say this to you and Lang. You guys do you guys do an awesome job all year long with the podcast. And I hope that people who are faithful listeners to the podcast understand that you know when an ex player comes on and somebody has an opinion on things that we're not right. Nobody's right. Like Charles <laughs> said last last night, you know, I might be mistaken, but I'm not wrong. But we we just we just like to offer up perspective for people to understand, you know, what 
what goes on in, in yep. this time of year and throughout the course of the regular season. And trust me, it is a lot of fun. NBA basketball is a lot of fun, and this year's playoffs are going to be some of the best competition we've seen in years. No, there's no question, I was, man. We, I was hoping Charles was going to say, I may be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no question. We That's why we do it, man. We we love doing it. I mean, we, we're going to be on the road uh, throughout the playoffs. Um, but then when the finals roll around, man, if you if you and John need some caddies, I'd be glad to drive a cart and hang out and, uh, you know, and, and enjoy some of the conversation that goes on. Because I guarantee you there's more than just – you know, basketball being talked about out there. I know you guys are having a good time, man. So you enjoy it, and uh, we'll, we'll see you on NBA TV later. Will do. I'll talk All to right, you guys both. soon. Bye, Thanks, later. man. Thanks, see you later. Uh, you, know, you know what, Lang? We're, you know, we, we do get spoiled, I think, um, in that we get to talk to a lot of these people all the time. Um, and, and listeners of the podcast and, and fans don't get to have those hallway conversations or those – you know, phone conversations or you standing somewhere and, you know, and you bumping into these guys who, who have played and, and been a part of the NBA and the playoffs, you know, as a participant. So it it is an, it is a very interesting um, perspective you get from the analysts, you know, and, and I'm watching it now, obviously, from afar, not being at the studio or not being, um, you know, uh, on the set somewhere. But it. I, I'm watching all I have to watch the analysts to see what I missed you know what I'm saying I have to watch all of these shows now to make sure there's not something going on that I might have missed because I'm here at a game you know and I know you're yeah. in Oklahoma City it's the same thing for you you know you get back to the hotel and you're like okay let me let me start, flip it on and see the you know see what the analyst said about these games because you can watch the highlights but somebody's got to break it down for you yeah yeah so. well Twitter's good for that too just because you can hear <laughs> lots of different opinions that yes. as it happens uh, I actually watched the end of the – I watched the last play of that Lakers-Celtics game sitting at the press table in Oklahoma City as they were introducing the Thunder players. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I got to see it uh, in the middle of a crazy atmosphere. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, look, we're, we're what? Not even a week into the playoffs, and it's been more or less insane. So yes. I, <laughs> I yes. can't wait to see how all this plays out. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I mean, a shout out, a shout out, Micah too today, because we we've had three former players and uh, uh, guys who all went to the playoffs today as our guests. And uh, no question, no question, Micah Hart as always, our super producer. Uh, like I said, if we don't get him a raise, at least we can do is get him a box of little debbies. Um, and <laughs> right in this day, get him maybe get him a Wagamama uh, gift certificate for the next time he goes to Boston or overseas, and uh, a T-shirt get, or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I, I don't know where I'll be this time next week when we get rocking on, on the next uh, edition of the Hang Time Podcast, but I guarantee you we're going to get it going no matter where we are. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if you're heading back out on the road at all during these playoffs, Lang, but uh, if not... I'm going to wait for the Celtics to come here. So. Are you, yeah, I was going to say, if not, you, you know, it's not like you got to go far to find some drama. It should be crazy at the Garden. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, this weekend, I'm looking forward to watching that, even though I'll be three hours behind. I'm going to be out in Portland uh, enjoying this series here. But great show. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, big shouts to him for joining us for the first time ever on the Hang Time Podcast. Brent and John Barry on the golf course uh, in parts unknown. They didn't, you know, I don't know if they wanted to give a shout out to the golf course they were at in Atlanta. But, uh, <laughs> you know, both those guys hanging out and, and sharing some, some insights with us here on the show. Hope you enjoyed it. We will see you next time on the Hang Time Podcast. Don't forget, we are on iTunes, 
Twitter, you know, all throughout these games. You can you can come to the uh, covered live chat with with us on NBA.com. Lang is still rocking and rolling on Slam. So I mean, all that diff- all these different places you can you can uh, dive in and hang with us during playoff time, and you really don't need to miss any of this action because it's, it's some of the best we've seen in years. Thanks for listening to the Hang Time Podcast. To download more episodes of the show, visit the iTunes Music Store. Be sure to check out the Hang Time blog on NBA.com. And for more of Lang, visit SlamOnline.com. You can follow Seku and Lang on Twitter at SekuSmithNBA and Lang with it. The Smyrna Spartans have yet to get on Twitter, but we'll let you know when they do. Thank you.